So, uh, a dog licked my dick once. And how did that make you feel? Terrified, scared, small, alone. Aroused? No, well, not aroused by the dog licking, but I was aroused when the dog licked so my your, dick. Your dick was hard. My dick was hard. Got a little soft when the dog licked my dick because it was very brief. But, you know, I'm a man of action. Once I got that thing going, I don't lose it. You know what I mean? How did a dog lick your dick, though? So this was when I first moved to Nashville. And I was meeting this girl going to, I think she said, come over. We lived close. She was like, come over. We'll go to the gym or something, something stupid. So that's what we did. And, you know, you know how I do. I closed the deal. With the dog? Not with the dog. Hadn't met the dog yet. Didn't know the dog existed for a long time. So, you know, I'm hanging out with this. We're in the gym. We go for a walk. We do all this stuff. Finally, I go back up to her place. And, you know, like you usually hear when this happens, they go, I have a dog, by the way. And she had a, uh, a what was it, a French, a French bulldog. I didn't know anything about bulldogs, but bulldogs are, like, super expensive, super rare. And one of the reasons is they're... They're like a pure breed, but that's just a fancy way of saying that... They're retarded, right? Yeah, it, it, that's a fancy way of saying like they're a product of incest, which is frowned upon in humans, apparently in dogs. It makes them much more valuable. But one of the problems is because they're inbred, they are not as smart. They're like babies. They're and they have babies. a bunch of uh, issues too, right? Like They can have health issues, yeah, yeah. Shit like that. So I go over, there's this dog. I'm like, all right, cool. The dog's very, like, needy. Very, needs attention all the time. It's like a child, you know? So, you know, we're sitting on the couch watching, I think, a, I don't know, Bruce Willis movie or something. You know, things start happening. They start escalating, you know? The beard was looking good then. And, you know, we start macking out. One thing leads to another. And then we end up in her bed. And, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to town. You know, we're doing every position on the map. But... It's not like the dog will not leave us alone. This was my first experience fucking around a dog. The dog would, if I was on the bed, the dog would jump up and like pop its head up so I'd see like its eyes. <laughs> and it would really freak me out. So I kept trying to keep my eyes like halfway on her and halfway on like the wall so I wouldn't like look over and catch the glimpse of the dog. But I kept seeing and the dog started barking at me because I think the dog thought I was like hurting her owner. You know what I mean? Because, you know, what are screams of ecstasy to one, one man or screams of pain to a dog, I guess. So anyway, the dog's barking, going a little crazy, but, you know, I'm into it. I'm, you know, I'm like, whatever, whatever. You're in the heat of the moment. I'm in the heat of the moment. And I can't remember what was happening, but we were, we were making like a big switch, you know. So I had to, I got, I got off the bed a little bit. I'm exposed. I'm a man exposed. You know, my... My dick is at full attention. All three inches. He's ready to go. All three inches. <laughs> he's fucking banging. I'm just buck ass naked. And I, when I got off the bed, I had lost track of the dog. And I remember looking because I was going to jump off the bed, jump back on. And I remember looking ahead of me and being like, oh, shit, I don't know where the Why'd dog Why'd you get is. off the bed? Because we were like switching positions. Oh. And this was, I can't remember what, I don't know. I was probably going to fuck her from behind or something. Then the dog comes running out of nowhere, and I start backing up because I'm like, oh, shit, this dog's going to bite my dick off. And the dog might have bit my dick off because she lunged up. It was a she, by the way. Does that make it better? Still gay. <laughs> uh, so she lunged up like she was going to bite me. But her, all that happened was her tongue, because I backed up, so I missed the bite. Her tongue sort of licked the tip of my dick. And I started freaking out. And then you came? No, 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 no. It took a long time to come after that because I was well, freaked out. What did it feel like? I didn't feel like anything. It just felt like my dick was already wet. Got a little wetter. I almost fucking lost my dick. But I remember like the moment after, I'm like, oh, shit. Did she just see that happen? And she, she is. She's giggling. She's like, oh, you're getting blowjobs from both of us tonight. Like She's joking about it. I'm like, shut up. Like I don't want to talk about this. Did you wash your dick off? Yeah, yeah. I think I did. Let's go. Oh, I did. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I, I did. But but the point is, I was like freaked out. And I basically made this woman take like a vow of silence. I was like, don't ever speak of this again. 
And now you're telling it to our millions and millions of listeners. Uh, yeah, millions and millions. Yeah, uh, yeah. You've told some pretty embarrassing stories, so I'm willing to share this one. But, you know, uh, I ended up seeing this girl for a while, and, you know, things were pretty good. So who knows? Maybe the, now looking back, because, you know, you look back at things as you get older, and you put them in perspective. And I go, I don't know. Maybe that dog licking my dick was a good omen. So my dad was in the Navy for 20 years. Good man. Has traveled all around the world. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, we were living in these apartments in Florida. And he said that because he traveled all around the world, he learned a lot about different cultures. And he learned how to catch ghosts. How old were you? Maybe eight, nine. Okay. So he tells me and my sister that he learned, well, I can't remember. Maybe he said... France or the Middle East or Italy or some shit, just somewhere that he went in his travels, that if you take a glass bottle and put it in a room, you can catch ghosts. Mm -hmm. So he proceeds in every room of the house, my bedroom, my sister's bedroom, his room, the living room, everything. <laughs> okay. He puts he puts the bottles in there. <laughs> yeah. And he says, We're gonna catch the ghosts. Okay. They have to be glass bottles, right? They have to be glass bottles. Okay, okay. I like that detail. <laughs> so he takes the glass bottles. We all go in the living room. And he said, we can burn the ghosts up by lighting a match mm -hmm. and dropping it in the bottle. And the spirits will go away. So he proceeds to light the first one. I can't remember what the first one he lit was. But he dropped the match in there. The flame went up. And me and my sister started getting scared right away. Uh -huh. We were terrified. Then he goes to my bedroom. The flame's a little bit bigger. Then he goes to my sister. We're, we're already scared. We're on the verge of tears. Yeah, are you pissing your pants yet? I was pissing my pants. Okay. He lights one for my sister's room, and this huge flame just engulfs, and me and my sister start crying, mm -hmm. hysterically, so freaked out. We ask him, like, all this shit, you know, we're freaking out. He's laughing. Yeah. He is <laughs> loving this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells us, um, I can't remember I found out while it was, like, after it happened, but basically what he did was he he put he took the bottles out of our rooms and then he put like alcohol right. in the bottle. That's why they had to be glass. So what did he finally tell you like when he was like this isn't real or did he never tell you? I can't remember. <laughs> I think he probably told us it wasn't real. Mm -hmm. I can't remember that part of it, but he... But at that age, you're going to be like it was real. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it freaked me and my sister the fuck out. We were... Just, we were crying and holding each other. We yeah. thought our, our <laughs> apartment was haunted. All this shit. Well, I mean, e even though that's a story with uh, children being terrified, that's a, that's an unusually positive story for man of science, man of faith. And you know, I, I I'll say this as someone who uh, I'm I'm fairly certain I don't want kids, but uh, I hear stories like that, and I'm like, I'd like to have some kids. I like to fuck with them, I like to troll oh, them. My dad. He fucked with us like that. That's what all I would do. Yeah, the that's time. what I would do. <laughs> it was constant. I mean, that that is one that really sticks out just because it was such a big dramatic That is moment. like, yeah, that's a big troll. Oh, yeah. Your dad was oh, trolling yeah. way before the trolls came along. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is, I mean, I was eight, so the internet existed, but this was something that he knew. And then years later, so we were visiting my grandma in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And I found out she did it to my dad and my aunt when they were kids. Oh, really? Okay. That's very cool. Very cool. I like uh, I like doing Man of Science, Man of Faith with a positive story every now and then. So when I was, uh, I was about 19, I was probably 19, 20, I worked at a grocery store for about three years. Shaw's? Shaw's, yes, in Maine, which I don't think, does it exist outside of Maine? Uh, maybe in Massachusetts. It's just like a New England, New England thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. So I worked at Shaw's. I was a, my official title was a grocery clerk. I just stock shelves. That's all that means. It's just a fancy way of saying, you know, you're a bitch boy who just puts up, you know, fucking boxes of crackers and shit. 
And uh, I remember I was 19, I was living in my own place, and I lived about a mile away from the Shaws, and I had this Ford Ranger truck. It was a total piece of shit. But it was, I remember that truck. It was my favorite vehicle I ever had, and it was a piece of it shit. It was silver, right? It was so white. White, okay. White, yeah. Um, and I mean, it was so bad. Like, when I would, I mean, I would go to the gas station, and if I moved it a little bit, I would see pieces of the frame just rusted out on the ground. It was so bad. Anyway, it would, it would not start like half the time, so I would have to like book it to work, you know, in like 10 minutes, this mile that I had to do, and I'd be in my work uniform and everything. And one day I was super late for work, so I actually like jogged there, and I was sweating pretty hard because, I mean, you're running, a, you're running a legit mile. And I showed up to work, and I was sweating so hard. <laughs> like it was just coming through my shirt. And mind you, this is a job I'm showing up for for minimum wage. Which at the time I think was seven twenty five, seven fifty. I mean nothing. It was a job you had since high school. Yeah, I got it like my junior year of high school. So then like my first year or two out of high school, I just kept it because I was like, that's what you do, you know. And I mean, I'm booking it to this job that pays me like seven dollars an hour. I show up, I'm just sweating through my my clothes, and it was so bad that the manager of the entire store actually came up to me while I was working and was like, "Are you okay?" Like it was a problem. Was like, it was it like stomach sweat? It was like uh, like chest and arms. Oh damn! You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. signifying that there was a problem. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he came up, which implies that someone said something. Because <laughs> it's probably not a like customer. it's not like he's walking around. It's like a customer probably said like, "What's, what's going on with what's this guy?" Wrong with yeah. guy? <laughs> so that was a great job. That was the job too. I uh, I remember. I got paid minimum wage because I got hired in high school. And when I got out of high school, I found out that, you know, the starting pay for the job that I had was something like, I don't know, 12 bucks an hour, which is still not a lot. But at the time, I was like, that's a lot of money. And I was going to go ask for a raise. And I didn't want to ask for something I would be denied for. So I chose a really, really low number. It was like a dime, I think it was. Because I was like, there's no way they can't give me a dime. And I'll feel like a winner because I got a raise. And I remember I, I walked up to my boss, and I was walking real slow, you know. Like, the aisle was just, it got, like, ten times longer, <laughs> you know. I'm just walking there. I'm sweating, of course. like, <laughs> And I'm just thinking what I'm going to say. And, I mean, when I went in front of this guy, I was just humbled. I was like Harvey Keitel and fucking Bad Lieutenant, just naked, you know. And I, I was just stumbling over my words. Like, I was just humbled in front of this man. And I asked him if he could give me a dime raise. And his only response was, can't swing it, bud. Sorry. Way she goes, bud. Way she goes. <laughs> yep. That was quite a job. I got yelled at for being too sweaty. And I couldn't even get a dime raise. It was something. That reminds me of when uh, when I was 19. I had just moved back from Florida. And oh, you moved back from Florida? Because I was in Florida. For, for when like... you had the Target job? When I worked Spoilers. at Target, yeah. yeah. So I, I was in Florida for like six months. Yeah. And then I had moved back to Maine and I needed a job. And I got a job working at Target in Topsom. What were you doing there? I was on the flow team. So I had to be to work at 4 a.m. What does the flow team do? The flow team is basically you unload the trucks and stock the shelves. Okay. So it's like what I did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there was people there. Were you who, making seven twenty five an hour? I was probably making like maybe... Between nine and twelve an hour, I can't remember what I was making. Motherfucker! All right, but um, it was July Fourth, and my parents had gone out of, out of town, and I didn't have a, a car yet. I didn't have yeah. a license. Well, I just got my license. I didn't have a car. Yeah. And um, my parents, I said, "Well, what do you? You guys are going out of town. What am I supposed to do to get to work? Because mm -hmm. they were my dad drove me every single morning to work at like four a.m." Damn. Which sucks in hindsight. Damn, that's yeah. what dads do. I guess so. And um, they were like, you're going to have to figure it out. And my mom was like, you're going to have to bike to work. So I biked from my house at Cook's Corner in Brunswick, which is further out than Cook's Corner. You remember yeah. where I lived on yeah. Williams Road, that spooky house? Yeah. All the way to fucking Target and Topsom. And that's quite a at distance. three in the morning, dude. Did you have to take the highway? 
No, I didn't take the highway. Okay, I was going to say. I went uh, Old Bath Road. Okay, that's still a, that's a trek, dude. Yeah, so I had to go through downtown. I had to go over the fucking bridge. How many miles do you think that is? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get the route you're taking now. That's a trek, dude. Yeah. At three in the fucking morning on July 4th. I remember I showed up to work and one of the guys that I work with, he was like 40. He was... Dude, that might be a good 10 miles. He was he was kind of mad that I did it. He's like, that's that's really unsafe. That's so dangerous. Because yeah. that's pre-Uber and Lyft, obviously, because I, yeah. I was biking that early. But he's like, uh, you're lucky you didn't get hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, no shit. July, July 4th. 4th, yeah. Because people get fucked up in Maine. Yeah. Could have ended your life, dude. Yeah. But yeah, it, it ended but up. But you made it fucked. to work. Yeah, I, I made it to work. You made your twelve. Bucks My boss now. was a major asshole, dude. I mm. hated this guy. His name was Chris, mm. and he was just a, a main redneck, you know, like yeah, the main accent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he nice. lived in Sabatis. Oh. And. <laughs> and um, he was also the the drive-through manager at McDonald's and Thompson. Wow, he was a success. He was a manager at two places. He was a manager at two places. Holy shit! And he 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 kind of reminded me of a uh, of Biff from Back to the Future, just wow. the way he acted. Yeah. And I remember he always used to get mad at me, and um, this was towards my end of the time being at Target because I'm 19. No 19 year old wants to get up at 3:30 to go to work. That's crazy. You even did that. Yeah, I don't know what possessed me to do that. Yeah. Um. But I remember he pulled me back in his office one day because I had called out a bunch because I was like, I'm not going to work today. Yeah. I call that all the time. Oh, I know I that. Get, I, I didn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. And um, he sat me down, pulled me into his office, and he's like, you got to prove to me you want to be here. And then I He just, said that? He said that. I did he pull out his dick next? No. Because that's what it sounds like was going to happen. <laughs> and then I just didn't show up ever again after that day. I was like, fuck yeah. you. Sucking the dick was too traumatic. <laughs> It was horrible, dude. That sounds like a like a Me Too story. Dude. Yeah, like, pretty much. You need to prove you I want this I was spiritually job. raped by Target. <laughs> Target is for people who think they're too good to shop at Walmart. But there's really no difference between the two. Oh, I would disagree with that. I, I would wouldn't disagree, disagree with that. that. I've seen behind the I mean, listen. Curtain, dude. I go to Walmart. But I specifically go there because I know it's worse than Target. Like, I want the clientele at Walmart. There's a difference in the clientele. There is definitely a difference in the clientele. What I can't stand at those at those jobs that are like that though is how seriously those fucking people who work there take their jobs. Yeah. They act like it's the end all be all. Well, how old was this guy? This guy was at least like I'm guessing 37. Yeah, I mean he may have had his own reasons for taking it that fucking. He ended seriously. up getting fired from that job. Really? For yeah. what? Uh, sexual harassment. No, no, this was, this was after I went, I ran into this guy that I, I worked with there. Yeah. Uh, when I was working at Staples, dude, Jesus, you just jumped from fucking, I just jumped from one big job, box store to another job to job. But, um, he told me that he, uh, he showed up late and he also like set off the alarms or something or something like that. And I guess that was the final straw. I got target was like, this is not Walmart. You can't be pulling that kind yeah, of shit exactly. here. <laughs> Nice. Well, you made it to work. And I made it to work. Yeah, we did. Because we're working men. Way she goes. Way she goes, bud. So before I left Maine, I was simping real hard over a girl. Okay. I was real down low because I found out she was getting married. Okay. And this was real devastating to me. I was very upset over this. So she got engaged or you found out she already was engaged? Uh... I found out she already was engaged. Oh, okay. Okay. She, at this point, we weren't talking anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. I just saw it on Facebook or something like so that. So you were seeing this girl at one point. At one point I was, okay. yeah. And I was devastated. All I wanted to do was lay in bed and do nothing. Yeah, I didn't, I was, <laughs> I just wanted to lay around and feel sorry for myself, but I didn't do that. It was a Sunday morning. So I got up, I had to go teach at the Midcoast School of Music, where I was uh, teaching group ensembles, and I also had a rehearsal that day with this band I was playing in at the time called King Junior. Well, we go through the ensembles, we're playing, we finish up, everything went well, I felt a lot better, 
we were just getting ready to get started with our King Jr. rehearsal. So everybody was tuning up. We were starting to groove, all of that. And then I look out. I hear a crash, and everybody runs over to the window. We look out, and the Pontiac Grand Dam, the 2000 Pontiac Grand Dam. I think it was 2003. It was 2000. Oh, okay. I know for a fact it was 2000. Okay. You know more than me. Um, a guy had backed into it and ripped the bumper off. So there was also a bunch of styrofoam on the ground for some reason, because apparently that was in the bumper. That's, I guess, shock absorption or whatever it was. So, so this go- was the back bumper? This is the front bumper. You know what? The, uh, uh, keep going. Keep going. You know, you, uh, do you know how it got there? The styrofoam? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, so someone similar to you, someone hit the Grand Dam when I had it. Someone backed into it. Well, we should say that your first car was this 2000 Pontiac Grand Am. And then I bought it from you, and it was my first car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the Grand Am. I'm pretty sure it was the Grand Am. The front bumper got hit. I think I I ended up getting, like, maybe it wasn't the Grand Am. I'm pretty sure it was, though. It got backed into the, the front bumper, and it got, like, a little bump, and they did some cheap fix on it or something. Yeah. Um. So this was a piece of shit car. Yes. Like yeah. bottom of the barrel. It was in Maine. So every fucking year the inspection was due in March or April or something like that. Just with the way registration works. And without fail, every year it was at the end of winter after the car just got fucked up by the winter. And, um, but yeah, this, uh, this guy backed into my car, ripped it off. And I was, uh, I was just real down low when this happened. Like, yeah. just miserable. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? How am I going to get around? What am I going to do? A tow truck driver comes to pick me up. And he says, oh, yeah, this is totaled. And this was maybe a $400 car. <laughs> if, if even that. And, um, yeah, so the guy that backed into my car, he immediately owned it. He was like, this is 100% my fault. I'm going to make this right. Insurance is going to take care of this. We'll make sure that you get a car, you get the money, all of that. I ended up getting $2,000 for the car, which was more than I even bought it for from you. Mm-hmm. How much money did you dump into that car? Uh, I don't remember, but it was a lot. I mean, it was over. It was probably like two grand, over yeah. two grand, yeah. And that's about probably what I had spent on it over the years, too. Mm-hmm. Because we had to replace the brakes, the brake lines, all yeah, sorts of shit. I had to do weird shit with it too, like like a water pump or something. Like it was a bunch of weird, just random shit would always just go in it. Because it was a piece of plastic. I mean, it was just a big matchbox. Yeah. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible So you car. got this money, and then what'd you do? Then I moved to Nashville. That's how I ended up here. It was that money like the make or break, like it helped... Oh yeah, Spur well, you on. bro, I got, I got a, I hit the fucking redneck lottery. I was like two thousand dollars. I'm moving away. Right, right. That was enough to start a new life. So you turned a negative into a positive. Yeah, it's a good thing. And then, so yeah, the yeah that grand dam, it was a piece of shit, but you know, some good things came out of it. Yeah, including you coming to Nashville. Yeah, isn't that funny to think about? That is funny. Yeah, and it was at the music school too, so it was kind of poetic, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want to go that day. If I didn't go that day, that would have never happened. That's life, man. Yeah. That's life. So for a period of my life, I was in uh, waste management. Not the mafia, but uh, I had a job, like an actual trash man job. So on The Sopranos, I wouldn't be like one of the mob guys. I'd be like the guys that drove the actual trash trucks. Like they were always arguing over trash routes. I was one of the losers working on the on a trash route. You would have been one of the guys killed in a mafia yeah. territory gang war. Yeah, something I had nothing to do with. I'm just there to cash a check. Anyway, I worked at this place. It was basically they recycled um, old electronics. So people show up with like an old TV, an old box TV or an old computer or something. I don't know. I, I'd put it on something, wrap it, put it on a truck, get rid of it. I, I don't know what the process was. But uh, anyway, we worked inside this company. We're like a little trash company working inside a bigger trash company. I think it, well, actually, I won't say where it was, but it was a big trash company. 
trash collecting company. There was a guy there uh, who worked there uh, named Ray, guy named Ray. He was a great guy. Uh, but he was, uh, I don't know, he was a character. He, uh, he was a Vietnam vet. He was a Marine, which he, he had a lot of crazy stories about that. And I never quite understood what Ray's job was. It was explained to me that he used to be a trash guy. Like, he used to be on one of the trucks collecting trash, which is what most of these guys do. Then I heard something about he was in the office for a while. But he had basically been downgraded to, he was like kind of a custodian, but not really. Because all I knew about Ray is he showed up to pick up the trash like three times a day. But he wasn't, um, I mean, he, he, was, he seemed smart. You know, he was, he was, he was a capable guy. But uh, anyway, Ray uh, had a bit of a drinking problem. He liked to get sauce before he showed up to work at <laughs> 6 in the morning. <laughs> anyway, but still, he, he's a good guy. I don't want to talk trash about Ray. Uh, no pun intended, I guess. Anyway, Ray was a Marine. And uh, at one point, I was, quote, unquote, the manager of this tiny warehouse, which basically meant, like, I was in charge of, like, one fucking person. And uh, anyway, we were, like, running through people because we could never keep people at this job. So I was working with different people, like, every day. And this older guy came in, and we just didn't get along. Uh, we didn't get along right away. Like, this guy was just a boomer, hippie, fucking piece, like, just do nothing but no knows it all dumbass. You know what I mean? Uh, and this guy, he, he, he rubbed me the wrong way. Turns out he was a racist, too. I think I've told, told you this story. He was just, like, casually started dropping the N-word one day. But he was doing it like a really serious way where he's making a point like he thinks the N-word is needed to back up his point. Hard R? Oh, yeah, hard R. I remember that really bugged me, and that was when I was like, yo, this guy, if he shows up again, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm, not, I'm not showing up or I'm going to kill him or something. Anyways, this guy was already rubbing me the wrong way, and he had told a story about – he had said he was a Marine because at the time I was in the Army Reserve, so I was probably talking about that. He said he was a Marine, and I don't know, like, something smelled fishy to me because I'm not saying I can tell, like, who's a Marine and who's not, but I just, I just looked at this guy, and I, I knew what he made hourly. I knew what position he was at in life, and I just knew from talking to him. I'm like, this guy wasn't a fucking Marine. I just felt it. So Stolen I, Valor. Well, kind of. Because he made it sound like, oh, I was a Marine during Vietnam, and it made it sound like he went to Vietnam. But I was just like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just, I, he wasn't cut from the same cloth as my boy Ray. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my boy Ray's seen some shit. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I get the full story out of this guy. He wasn't a fucking Marine. He went to basic for, I think, two weeks. I can't remember why he got a medical discharge. And I'm not saying, look, a lot of medical discharges are, are incredibly valid, but there are a few that squeak through where you're like, what? Like, you have six toes or something? Like, it's just weird shit. He had something like that, so he basically quit basic training. That's what that means. I mean, I, I, I've seen that happen. And then I just looked at him. <sighs> he was even worse. My estimation of him, I'm not ashamed to say, fucking plummeted after I learned that. And so anyway, Ray comes in one day. Yeah, I'm assuming Ray's sauced. You know that you know that whole thing about like uh, you always see in movies they're like they drink vodka because people can't smell vodka on your breath. Yeah, bro, you can smell <laughs> vodka on someone's breath because Ray liked his fucking vodka. He loved. And you his know vodka. what? Like a true alcoholic, he thought I'm drinking I'm drinking <laughs> vodka because <laughs> no one can smell it. He's like, I can just talk right in people's faces. They don't even know. <laughs> We're all just like Ray, you're trash, bro. It's but, 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he comes in one day, and I knew Ray was a Marine. And I just said, uh, I just wanted to start some shit, you know. So I said, hey, Ray, this guy was a Marine. I can't remember the guy's name. Ray was like, oh, really? And he comes over, talks to him like he's gonna about to meet a friend. And then he starts, <laughs> he starts asking him questions like, where'd you go to basic? What unit were you in? What was your MOS? And he couldn't answer that stuff, so he had to tell Ray the truth, like, right away. And uh, Ray goes, you're not a Marine. And this guy's like, well, I went, uh, yeah, I am a Marine. I went to basic. I, I had a medical discharge, blah, blah, blah. And then Ray gets, like, two inches from this guy's face 
Like, this guy's smelling the vodka bad. Because I've been that <laughs> close to Ray's face. And uh, he just, I, I, I won't dare guess what the song is. But it was like a, it was a Marine hymn. I know because I've heard, like, there's songs they sing in the Army. There's the Army song. I, I can't remember. I don't know if he was doing, whatever he was doing, it was something you learn in basic. And he started spouting it off, like, yelling it in this guy's face. Like, two inches away, it looked like he wanted to fight him. But he's just going through this song. Because he had asked this guy, like, uh, oh, do you know this song, whatever the song is? The guy's like, oh, I don't remember that. Like, who remembers that? That was, like, 40 years ago. That was when Ray was just, like, boom, doing the song. Yeah. Waste management. That's how it goes, bud. Have you ever done uh, Halloween pranks? No, I was a bitch when I was a kid. Yeah. Do you think you're not a bitch now? Just out of curiosity. Fuck you. Um, yeah, because you know it's uh, trick or treat, right? Yeah. Everyone goes for, like, uh, the candy on Halloween. But if you actually look at what the holiday is, it's trick or treat. You know what I mean? So when I wasn't going around to houses getting candy, I was fucking around. And, uh, you know, one of the go-tos when I was a kid, I don't know what kids do today. Uh, bless you, by the Sorry. way. Sorry. I don't know what kids do today. As far, I don't know. Do kids even trick-or-treat anymore? I honestly don't know. I don't know either. So I'm going to say I'm gonna say whatever to kids today. But, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I went trick-or-treating. And, uh, hold on. You have to edit this. What's the story I'm telling? The oh, holidays. Egging, right? Yeah. Egging, right? Okay. So when you were a kid, did you ever egg any houses? I never egged any houses, no. You never once egged houses? No. Even not on Halloween? No. Okay. Uh, I did egg houses. This was my first, like, Halloween shenanigans I got in. Well, how old were you, 13? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I was not in high school. Yeah. I was in, like, junior high. Just yeah. a shithead age. Yeah, that's a shithead age. That's when you're starting to get into like your shithead things. You start smoking pot for the first time. You start doing a lot of stuff for the first time. But anyway, um, I remember my first time uh, egging houses, which I'm ashamed to say I egged houses many times. Uh, which the reason I say I'm ashamed to say it is because now, you know, I'm almost a 30-year-old man. And I think about... I think about like owning a house today and someone egging it, someone taking like a raw egg and throwing it at my house and then it just sitting there and then the morning comes and it just starts like boiling on my roof and it's impossible to get off and it's just a fucking hassle. I didn't think about that when I was a kid. I just thought like eggs are for two things, eating and fucking people's days up. Both equally enjoyable. For me... The latter was more enjoyable. So anyway, I was a shithead when I was a kid. So I remember my first time throwing eggs. Uh, I was so nervous because I was with egg throwing experts. I was with my friends who like every Halloween they were like, yeah, we egg houses. Was and, this in Brunswick? Yeah, this was in Brunswick. And they would egg houses like in their own neighborhoods, which balls, balls to go into your own neighborhood, to go two houses down from where you live and to egg their house and then your house is the only house not egged yeah <laughs> so that's where this leads to uh i got in to these uh egg throwing uh escapades and i was so nervous my first time like egging houses i remember just running down the street while everyone else is running because like the first two or three eggs you throw a light will come on because what you do is you throw eggs at the first house till like a light comes on and they kind of notice. And then you start running down the street and just start tossing eggs like they're grenades, like it's Vietnam. And you're, and just, you're just giggling. and stupid. Yeah, you're just taking out like Viet Cong on both sides. You're like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. So we're throwing eggs at this one house. And then uh, I, I think maybe I'm remembering this wrong. A light comes on and we start fucking running. But I was so nervous because it was my first time. I remember just like haphazardly like tossing eggs like I'm I'm that fat guy in platoon at the beginning who ends up dying like I'm not hitting anything right I, I was just watching my eggs like just go into cars just go into like pets and shit like and none of them hit houses but anyway so uh, we went out for a night of egging my first of many and like you said it was a bit odd um, 
that, you know, I was staying at my friend's house and a few other people were staying there. And his house was one of the very few that hadn't been egged. And uh, I remember very early, we were all staying in the basement. We were in like sleeping bags or whatever, because we're, I don't know how old at the time, 13, 14. And I remember his dad coming down to the basement just being like, did you guys egg houses last night? And we're all asleep, right? We're so all... He was in pissed dad mode. Yeah, he was he in pissed dad was mode. Up. He had already had like several conversations that he did not want to have on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever it was. And we're all waking up at the same time. We're all just like, nah, nah. But I remember, I, I think I might have been, I might have been the first one to say no because this might have been post me getting into the McDonald's trouble. This would have been pre. You think so? Yeah, because you were a freshman in high school. We knew each other. I was then. a, oh, well, this might have been freshman in high school too. Was it with might have been. anybody that you got? It was with McDonald's people that were in the trouble. McDonald's store. Okay, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were two of many. This was like a big egg uh, extravaganza. I know all the shitheads that yeah. were in this group. Then. Yeah, it was a lot of shitheads. But uh, anyway, yeah, we lied and, you know, said we didn't do it. And he, he marched off and he was pretty pissed. But we never heard anything about it. And, um, you know, it, it's a reminder that, like, I, I do hate kids, but, like, when I remember certain stories from my childhood, I remember, like, oh, wow, I really hate kids. Because when I remember myself as a kid who, like, that person I, I already hold to a higher standard than everyone else, I hate him, too. So the moral of the story is I hate kids, and please stop having kids. They just egg houses and do stupid shit. They just grow up to be me. Just stop doing it. I love Halloween. It's my absolutely <laughs> it's my favorite response. fucking holiday, dude. Uh, Halloween is a good holiday. Halloween's a great no holiday. No family baggage on well, Halloween. H- Halloween is great. Um, well, I was going to say it's great when you're an adult, but it's great when you're a kid, too, because when you're a kid, like, there's always, like, a Halloween party or there's something. Um, oh, yeah. I love Halloween, too, bro. I mean, Halloween's one of those, uh, it's one of those holidays, like, I could have fun on Halloween going to a party. I could have fun, like, you know, going with someone to take, like, their their kids trick-or-treating. I could have fun just by myself watching horror movies. Like, you oh, could do anything on Dude, Halloween. it's fun to even walk into Walgreens on Halloween and see people all dressed up in costume. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I like all that shit, man. Especially if you go late enough, because oh, that's yeah. when people from, like, parties are going to pick up whatever they forgot or whatever they need or something. Yeah, man. Yeah. I did I'll, a Walgreens run on the way over here. There's people in costume. Oh, yeah. Already? Yeah. Already. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Saturday. Yeah. Of course, yeah. This is when all the parties are. I do have one Halloween memory, actually, from when I was... I was probably 13 or 14, too. I was in the eighth grade. I was dating, uh, dating this girl. What was his name? That's not PC, bro. What's that? Nothing's that. Just keep going. Um, but yeah, so we uh, we were all out in a big group. It was all the people that I usually hang out with: Kane, Simon, um, all those guys. You that, said you're what thirteen? Probably thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and re- do you remember the base housing? Yes. Yeah. Of uh, okay. I, I don't know if I. So this was uh, military housing in Maine. It was basically just a whole. I mean, the way it was, there was a military base, and then there was a whole section of town that was just military identical housing. houses, and it was for military families. Yeah. So we it was had off a, base. We had a navy base. Yes. In Brunswick, Maine. Um, but we went out trick or treating, um, and I think I was. I was either Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees. And um, oh, really? Do you, can I interrupt real quick? Yeah. Do you know what my go-to costume was? Jason Voorhees. No, it was. Uh, I think this is his name, Ghostface from Scream. Oh yeah, yeah I was Ghostface so. a couple of times. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. okay. Keep going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were just out and around, you know just giggling and getting candy and uh uh me and maria we went giggling and getting candy by the way the name of uh taylor's upcoming sex tape yeah uh we went behind this tree and we made out oh yeah you and this girl yeah 
with candy breath. I don't know if we were eating candy or not. I can't remember that. I do remember, I think that night I punched Simon in the nose on accident and he got a bloody nose. Why? What do you mean on accident? Um, I was just trying to be funny and I I went to go clothesline him and I hit him right in the nose. Were you trying to impress this girl? No, I don't even think she was there yet. Oh, but you made out with this girl. Yeah, I made out with this girl. Well, that's a happy ending for Halloween. Yeah, then she broke up with me not too long after that. Oh, so you actually dated this girl? Yeah, I dated this girl. And she broke up with you. Yep. I think before my birthday. My birthday is just a couple weeks after Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Story of my fucking life. Why don't we just leave it at uh, you made out with a girl on Halloween. Yeah. We'll put a period on it. Yeah, we don't have to tell anybody else about the other part. No. <laughs> so I, uh, well, I didn't burn down a forest. I was an accomplice. In as your somewhere. lawyer, before you go any further, yes. is this uh, is this more than five years ago? Yeah, the the statute of limitations. I believe I'm protecting. and say also allegedly, allegedly, yes. you were an accomplice to burn down a forest. Yeah, yeah, nothing's been proven. Uh, I was really young. I mean, I have like almost you know when you're so young, you have like flash memories of yeah. things. I can't quite remember the whole thing, but I mean, I was in grade school. I, I mean, I was talking and shit. It was probably maybe middle school. Maybe. How old are you in middle school? Like 11. Okay, that's probably how old I was. So my cousin, he was uh, he was up to no good. He was always doing, always getting in trouble, always doing. And he was like four, four years older than me, maybe. So maybe. he was probably like 14, 15 at the time. Yeah, yeah. And he was just always getting into trouble. And one day we were at his house. And his house was next to kind of this small little forest area that we would go play in. And uh, one day we were in the the woods and he had a book of matches and he just started. He had a, I think he had a magazine too. And he put the magazine down, but there was a lot of dry leaves too. This was in the fall. Oh shit. And he started lighting matches and just dropping them on the the leaves for no reason. Just like he was just a pyromaniac. And uh, he drops one after, you know, he does it a few times and they, they mainly go out and then he drops one. And all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden the, leaves set on fire but i'm talking like they set on fire fast like it's just like and it starts spreading so we start running because it when i'm saying it's spreading it spread fast and so we both started running because we're like holy shit so we run back into his house and in his house his mom and my mom are sitting on a couch and the couch right behind it is this big window that looks out at the forest and (laughs) as we're standing in front of this couch uh, you know, they're asking us like, oh, what have you been up to? And we're like, oh, we've just been playing and stuff. But I'm literally watching the forest burn. And when I say burn, I mean the tops of trees are on fire. It's like looking at the apocalypse right behind my mom. And I remember I'm sweating because I'm like, don't look behind you. Don't look behind you. Which obviously they're going to find out. But I'm so young that I'm like. They won't notice. Yeah, yeah I'm just like, if we pretend it's not happening, then it, it's not happening. But uh, anyway, so I think his mom ended up turning around. She's like, holy shit. And I can't remember how they found out it was uh, my cousin. I probably ratted him out because I was so young. You know what I mean? They probably cornered me and they were like, you know, let's make a deal. I was probably just like, Ryan did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I remember I I was so young, I actually didn't get in trouble for it. He he did get in trouble for it. The fire department came. Oh, shit. I'm talking not just one fire truck, multiple fire trucks. This was a major forest fire. So they put it out, and I remember my cousin had to go to some class at the fire department where they were teaching him, like, the dangers of setting forest fires and stuff. You have a delinquent history, dude. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, I was so young. I was just, you know, I was along for the ride. What, what was I going to do? You were the, you were supposed to be the patsy. I was the patsy, yeah. I, I was the patsy. But never again after that. After that, when I committed a crime, I'm committing the crime. <laughs> I grew up with a blue, <clears throat> blue, a bluegrass family, and we would constantly go to this bluegrass festival called, um, it was in Bean Blossom, Indiana. It was Bill Monroe's Bluegrass Festival that he like originally, it's the longest running bluegrass festival in Indiana. Or it may be for like in the bluegrass community, honestly. Um, so we were there one summer camping, and 
it was getting to the point where it was like sunset, maybe like 7.15. How like, old are you in this story, by the way? Maybe 12. Okay. Maybe well, 12 years old. It's a ripe age. Yeah. And Odd choice of words, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going. Ripe for the picking. Ripe, ripe Josh Norfleet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would go to these bluegrass festivals every year. And uh, it was the, uh, there's this artist named Jimmy Martin. And he's uh, considered the king of bluegrass. Um, and it was about the time where like his set was coming on. And he, Jimmy was like older at this point. This was like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> he died. Like this net, like the following year after this performance. Okay. Poor Jimmy. And uh, I'm walking towards like you know the stage area, and I hear on the PA system like Jimmy Martin has started. So I'm like, oh fuck, I I need to get going. He's already on the stage. So I'm darting through this park area that's has no lights on it, and I nail this teeter totter. And, like, catapult, I swear to God, three to four feet. Like, insane pain. I, like, get Through up. the air? Oh, yeah, dude. So you just launched. Oh, yeah, dude. I literally was just ru- full-on sprinting down a hill through a playground. And it was this weird teeter-totter that was, like, I don't know. It wasn't even like a, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It wasn't like a, a regular teeter-totter where it was just, like, a singular. Like just two sides. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like this like rocking kind of teeter-totter thing that just like stays on the ground and kind of shifts this way. Like, you know that boat uh, at those fairs? Like that yeah, ride it that, like, swings back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it was kind of like so that. So you basically like tripped on some weird piece of plastic and just right. fucking tumbled. And went like four to five feet, dude. Like, it, was, it was something so, crazy. Okay, I have a question. So you tripped over the teeter-totter itself? Yes, and when you tripped, did you fall on it, and then it launched you through the air then? Or how, how did it happen? I'm trying to picture it in my mind. I was, like, running towards it. I'm going to, like, do this while I talk. I'm, like, running towards it and went like this, like forward. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I, it literally just knocked me forward this way. Yeah. Right, so I think you, like, got caught on it, and as you're tripping, it was moving with him and then sort of right. launched him. Oh, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Exactly. So. So I fly. That's forward. some Johnny Knoxville shit. I yeah, know, yeah. Dude. <laughs> Can you picture that as a video? Yeah. You see? <laughs> and I like, as I got up to the ground, I've got up from the ground. I was like, "Holy shit, that fucking hurt, dude!" And I like touch my like shin, and I notice, and I'm like bleeding, and I go back uh, to go to like our campsite. And my mom's there, and I'm like, "I fucked up my leg," and. They were like, holy shit, and took me to the hospital. I had to get, like, four to five stitches, I think. What did your dad say? He honestly didn't even go to the hospital. He stayed he was, the he, he watched the show? Old. Yeah, dude. So, wait, you saw the show? No. Oh, okay, you were that fucked up. I was that, okay, yeah, okay, I didn't okay, get okay. to see the show, and he died. That's that's year, dude. Hey, that's a, that's a party injury, man. We've all yeah. had party injuries. No, you for sure. I mean? That's not too bad, too. You have one other bluegrass festival story about your dad. You know the one I'm talking about with the guitar? I do, bro. You already tell Yeah, that tell it. I was at the same festival. Um, How much time had passed? Was this at the same, the same time or was this a couple of years later? Maybe the year prior. Okay. Right, I would 11-year-old Josh Norton. Yeah, I would say still around that age group. I... Uh, was with a friend of mine named Stacy, who was a banjo player. And um, we were jamming at this campsite, because at these bluegrass festivals, that's just what they do. They literally start playing bluegrass music with other people in their tents and campers, and will do it until the sun rises the next day, and they just fucking party. And uh, we were with a bunch of people, like with my dad, jamming, playing music, and... uh, I was playing my dad's Martin guitar, his 1974, five, whatever it is, Martin D35 guitar. And I set it like in its case next to him at the same jam and dipped to go run around with some other people. And I came back to the jam site. My dad was like, where's the guitar? And I'm like, what do you mean? I sat it right there by you. And he was like, I don't have it. You had it last. Where is it? 
And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, the, it sunk in that I lost the guitar that I like learned how to play on. And my dad's like guitar that my grandpa got for him and brought down to him. And I was like, holy shit. <clears throat> I felt like dog shit about it. I cry. I cried all, all like the, the next day, I remember. And maybe like midday through the next day, this guy pulls up on a golf cart with the guitar. And he told, like, told me, he's like, we were just fucking with you. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, my name's Jimmy Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should come see me play sometime, kid. <laughs> so he almost lost his guitar. Yeah, dude. Damn. So your dad was trying to teach you a lesson. Yeah, he taught Damn. me. The, he, like, we knew the, it was the owner of the park who, okay. who, like, was in on it with my dad. And they were like, he just left it here. Let's act like it's stolen so he knows never just to... Was he? Uh, was your dad egging you on the whole time? Was he like, I can't believe you lost the guitar? Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, bro. Yeah. It, it, and let it go a whole day, like a whole at least twelve hours. <laughs> Did he just keep bringing it up? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Man, he would call my mom, or he can call my mom. Josh lost the guitar, some shit. Did you learn a lesson? I did. I, I honestly did learn a lesson. I will say, Josh Norfleet, he always knows where his shit is, and he never leaves it unattended to. Anytime we go out, anytime we play a gig, anytime we're doing anything, he knows where everything fucking Boom. is. Yeah. That's why. Honestly. That's why, because you, you lived through that, and you felt it. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, from that, I lear- like I'm, am anal about like where I know where my shit is. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of people that, We'll just leave their gear in their car or just, you know what I mean? And Oh, I, yeah. We I know got, a few people like that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I have to bring it in the house every night. Oh, know? yeah. As soon as I get home, I I'm always unload yeah. my shit. Yeah, I always got to put it in the same, like it's, you know, this stuff's in the garage, this is in the house, you know what I mean? I have it down pat. There you go. Because your dad said you're done. You're done, dude.